Father God, what a beautiful day. Thank you, O Holy One, for life and strength and good health to be in the house of God, to feel after your holy, great, and mighty presence, dear Lord. O God, I praise and love you, and I worship you here this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, I would like for you to turn to the gospel according to Matthew this morning. Turning to Matthew chapter 19. It's good to see each and every one of you. Good to have you here in God's house. Thank God and thank God. All right. 19th chapter, Matthew. And in this chapter, I'm beginning with verse 23. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them, And said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Lord. Well, I simply like to work on this morning on getting to God from where you're at. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There are a lot of People, of course, in our society and in this world, 7 billion, but a lot of people that are of the 7 billion that are confused, very confused. They're confused about heaven and hell. They're confused about right and wrong. And they're confused about the blood of the Lamb, baptism, Holy Ghost, salvation, So many things that people are confused about and have questions about and many times have a contrary attitude about and arguments about, not only in their minds but with other people to where they can't seem to ever get to an answer. They can't seem to get themselves from where they're at to where God is at. And you know, uh, it can seem to those, it's like a lot of things, I don't know if you've ever uh, been lost driving somewhere, even with a GPS, that supposedly is going to get you there, except that what sometimes it does is it takes you all the way around to get you there. (laughs) Oh, brother. So uh, there are little tricks to the trade, I guess you might say. But um, it's nice to know the straight way That'll get you there directly. I suppose, if, and maybe there is a way to put it in the GPS that you want to go the most direct route. Now, I had somebody wanted to come down and purchase a few offices and, uh, with the, connected with the academy, and, and they had 
called and asked. And so they were coming from the Daytona area. So I said, well, you simply, I said, we'll meet you at our church on Southern Boulevard, State Road 80. I said, so you simply need to come down the turnpike. I said, it don't come down 95 because that'll keep throwing you east. I said, come down the turnpike and then you can get right off at Southern Boulevard, five miles or so down the road and straight down the road. We're there and you'll be there. And uh, so, of course, they didn't, like the Bible said, that the shipmasters didn't believe the apostle. They instead listened to the owners of the ship. And uh, so this young couple decided to listen to the GPS. And so the GPS took them from the East Coast all the way over to Yeehaw Junction and down Yeehaw Junction through Okeechobee. And I told them when they told me, I said, well, if you were coming to Belgrade, that would have been just fine. And that's the way I would have routed you. I said, but I was trying to make it easier on you. And so I said, well, that's what the GPS told us to do. And I said, well, the GPS had you go like that, like that, and like that. I said, you put the elbow right back in this thing. And I tried to cut it out for you. But uh, I am saying that I suppose we've got to be specific uh, about some things, and I will encourage you about that in prayer, that you, uh, you do want to be specific in your prayers. And when you talk to God, it's been said general prayers bring general results. And so that it is, it is best to be very specific when you talk to God about what it is that you feel like you have need of or what it is that you'd like Him to do. Be specific. Well, anyway, my point is simply this, that there are people that are going around in very different directions in trying to get to God when the Bible teaches that it is a straight and a narrow path. And uh, I'd like you to know that there is a straight way to get to God as well as a continued straight path to continuing to get to heaven. All right? And you don't have to... Uh, go in all these uh, weird directions and uh, waste a lot of time and your life and uh, find yourself listening to, I told that one guy, I said, you need a new satellite. <laughs> you got to get a different satellite, man, because your satellite got you in the wrong way. Got you going the wrong way. You need a new satellite. Well, you do need a new guidance system. You know that? And the Bible said that Jesus told them about the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter, which He said would lead and guide you into all truth. So, we've got to get a different guide here. We've got to get a different guidance system. And the Holy Ghost, He wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then the Spirit of Jesus Christ that will reside in you then, is going to take you on the direct path that you can make heaven your home. That you're not going to find yourself taking all kinds of detours and going in directions that are uh, causing you to uh, miss God and uh, get entangled in so many things in this life. It's so important to get that direction, to get that purpose, and to uh, get on a pathway that is straight and it's narrow and it's uh, a highway of holiness, the book said. And there's uh, everlasting song and joy that will be upon you if you get on this right path. 
You don't want it. You want to get on a path that the Bible said it shines more and more unto the perfect day. And knowing that if we do it by this guidance system, this Word of God, okay, this great Word of God, and let it get in your heart and dwell there richly, and you yield yourself to what God is saying through His Word. You're getting His teaching that you'll realize that the Word of God, just like it's said, number one, it's forever settled in heaven. It is right and, and it's not going to change. It's not changing from week to week like the stock market or like the opinions of men and the uh, ideas. Somebody's always got a better idea and a different way of doing it. And, and uh, it's like they said to one farmer, a bunch of farmers, a guy come through the land and was saying one thing, do this and do that. You'll save this and you'll save that and you'll save the other. And one farmer spoke up. He said, what you're going to save yourself is a harvest. <laughs> you're going to just mess everything up. And there are some things that I'm trying to tell you. You can, you can mess yourself up with this good salvation if you give ear to a whole lot of things that are of man and of uh, man's ideas. You want to get with the Word of God. You want to get with chapter verse. You want to realize it's a lamp and a light. And let, get yourself walking in that light. Let it shine for you in such a manner, in such a way that you won't be in darkness any longer. That you won't find yourself filled with questions. And the devil likes to take this word of God and he'd like to pit one scripture against another and make you think in your mind that there are contradictions or get you to thinking in your mind that I don't understand. This one looks like it's telling me something opposite than this one. God's spirit knows how to guide you. God's spirit knows how to put things in the proper perspective and the proper order. That's why we've got a world, for an example, uh, that is so out of order because that's what the devil does. He's anti-God. He's anti-Christ. He's against the things that are of the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm telling you, when the Lord said go right, then the devil says go left. It's just as simple as that. He's going to go opposite what God says. And uh, you want to tell yourself, you want to get convinced of the Scriptures. You want to tell yourself, I want to submit myself to God's way. Let us take, for an example, uh, Luke chapter 15. You have two sons, and they're there with the father. And uh, they, the one, the younger of the two, says to the father, says, give me my inheritance. I want it now. And so the father divided unto them their inheritance. And so the younger son took it and he left. Isn't that a sad thing? To get, to get what God has something for you and he trusts you with it, and then you just take it and leave. What a sad situation that is. That is not God's intention. I've told you uh, for many, many years that I hope God blesses every one of you when he gives you the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name. I hope he gives every one of you a, lim a limo. But not if you're going to get in it and drive off, okay? I don't want anything in your life that's going to cause you to go away from God. I want to help you to go to God and to continue going with God, to continue on with Him. Well, this fella, he took and he said, I got better things to do with it. Let me show you how smart I am. Let me show you how much I know. Never realizing that there was a spirit there, an evil spirit that was egging him on and pushing him on and confusing his mind and making him, uh, what did it talk about, uh, thinking you stand when you don't, thinking you're so smart when you're not and uh, deceiving you and tricking you. And we're only mortal earthbound creatures, but we can get that mortal earthbound creature in subjection to God 
and we can realize that we're called to be sons and daughters of God and that we don't have to be on the same level that we used to be because now we've come to an experience that changes us, a Holy Ghost experience, that we come to repentance. We come to water baptism in Jesus' name and we come to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. But remember, these two started out, they were sons and you want to get that right in this teaching. These were two sons who were with the father and the younger son leaves and he goes about and the Bible said he began to hang out with the wrong crowd, began to go in the wrong direction, bought into their way of thinking, doing the things that they're doing and pretty soon the Bible teaches that his money ran out, his inheritance ran out, all the good things that he had learned and knew they were gone from him and nothing was working like it used to work. And now he finds himself, the book teaches, he, he spent it all on riotous living wild living, partying, and hanging out, doing all these different things. And the first news you know now, he's out there in the hog pen. He's out of money. He's out of food. He's out of everything. And he's, and he's feeding with the hogs. And uh, he's forced, finds himself forced to eat what the hogs eat. He's wallowing in the mud, and he's eating what hogs are eating. What a sad thing to be called to be a son of God and find yourself having to feed and try to sustain yourself on what pigs eat. You're not called to be a pig. You're called to be a sheep. You're not called to be a part of this filthy world. You're called out of this world. You're pulled out of darkness. You don't want to allow your mind to be filled again with the filth and the garbage of this world when the love of God has come into your heart. When you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, the Holy Ghost is shed. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And it's done abundantly, the book said. Not in a small manner, but abundantly. Let's give God a big hand. <coughs> so he's eating with the hogs. Find, finding out that not as great as it was promised to be. And don't you know that's what the devil does? He'll promise you, friend, all kinds of things. Only he's deceiving you. And he, you know, the devil turns on his own. Let me tell you, there's no loyalty in the devil. None of the good characteristics that we all tell ourselves that we love and we want. I'm a good guy, you know. Why would you treat me like that? Because he's a devil, that's why. He's going to turn on you. He's going to get you... Uh, it's like they told about the man that went into Lion Country Safari. Had his wife and two children and uh, started doing everything that, they, that he was told not to do. He was told not to roll down the window. He rolled down the window. He got out the video camera and he's taking a picture of the lion just sitting out there, a couple of them and, uh, out there in the field. And he's, he's not happy with that. He's not satisfied with that. It's not enough excitement for him. So he gives the camera to his wife. And he says, you, you video everything. He said, I'm going to go out there and just stir him up a little bit. I'm going to get him to, you know, show himself a little bit. And we could get it on video. And so the wife is, is videoing it. He gets, unlocks the door. Another thing he was told not to do. Got out and shut the door and started making his way out towards the lion. The lion never moved. He didn't even twitch an ear. He didn't do nothing. He just looked like he was asleep. Yes, but that lion was calculating. You know, the lion is a hunter, and that lion is calculating. And you, you, you just sometimes don't realize how the enemy has calculated. He got it all figured out where he needs to get you to be when he can pounce. And boy, that lion, he was just looking at it. He was watching. Oh, 
about three more steps, buddy boy, and you're my meat. And boy, that, that fellow, he's going and he's acting stupid and silly and trying to get the line to do something. And I know the lion had to be thinking in his heart, you are an absolute jerk. But I'm fixing, I'm fixing to take care of business here. Yeah. And don't you know that's what the devil does? He gets people to clubbing. He gets people to acting stupid. He gets people to doing their drugs and their alcohol. He gets people to, to trying to be thugs and trying to be this and trying to be that. And, and he's just laughing at them and just calculating. He's going to get them right to that place. Don't you know that's what drug addicts do? Drug pushers do? Oh, yeah, we had a kid that used to sit right here. I don't know, maybe he sat right there. He used to sit here. Oh, yeah, came up as a young person in this church. And uh, he, uh, he got involved. He got involved. He got, got to being silly and got to where he wouldn't listen. And uh, this young man, he... He, uh, we went on a trip, and we went to, it was a sun, like a Sunday school trip or Monday school trip, and I think we went up to Epcot or something like that, and uh, we were coming back, and there was probably about 20 kids, and plus those that were the chaperones, and stopped at one of those uh, rest areas on the turnpike. Everybody used the restroom, everybody get a little snack, and uh, somehow he, he, uh, he kept ragging on this one kid because he was a little older now, grew up in the church. So he was in his early 20s, and this other kid was only about 17. He kept ragging on this kid, giving this kid a hard time. And uh, he was, he was just, just acting stupid. And he'd been told over and over, you know, you don't call people names and you, you don't put people down and don't be like that. And, uh, but he just kept on breaking the rules, breaking the rules, breaking the rules. And so... Years went by now. He's gone out of the church. He's not living for God anymore. And uh, he wanted to pursue other things, chase other things. He knew better. He, knew, he figured it out, he thought. And this uh, young man, he also grew up. Only now he's a street doctor. Now he's a, a pusher. Now he's a supplier. And so somebody came along one day and saw him. And uh, his name happened to be David. There's lots of Davids in the world. This guy's name happened to be David. And he, he said, hey, he said, you, um, you remember so-and-so? Talked about the young man sitting on the pew all those years. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I, I see him. He said, I see him quite regularly. He said, um, he comes to me for his stuff. He said, and I give him the good stuff. He said, I give him the really good stuff. Oh, the devil can be calculated. Oh, let me get him good and hooked. Let me pull him in. Well, Mr. Mr. Uh, Lion Country Safari is out there dancing around and acting stupid. And old Mr. Lion showed why he was so cat-like. Why those muscles can be so coiled. And friend, all of a sudden, like lightning, he sprung up. And man, he was on that guy, and that guy tried to turn and get away. Oh, there was no getting away. There was no getting away. And the woman is videoing the whole thing. And the kid's eyes are big as saucers pressed up against the thing, and they're watching their dad be devoured. You know? And it's not fantasy. It's not turn the channel. It's not push the remote or anything else. This is for real. 
And that man was completely devoured by that beast right there in front of their eyes, captured on their own video camera. Very calculating devil that we deal with who is likened unto a roaring lion going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Suppose you don't let the devil make you his lunch. Suppose you don't let him. Suppose you don't give him permission to devour you. Suppose that you wake up and realize, number one, here is a young man who has left and finds himself right where the devil's always going to put you, down there in the hog pen, feeding with the hogs and eating the slop of this world, filling your heart and your mind with the trash, the murder. Did you ever read in your Bible what Jesus said out of the heart? comes forth the problems, and he named them murder and adultery and fornication and drunkenness, and he just kept going on with all the different things that come from within, from the heart, that defile a man. He said that because they're all arguing about, why do your disciples, how come they don't wash their hands before they eat? Well, that's really not bad advice when you think about it. Seriously. Um, but theirs had become such a tradition that it was, you know, their religion, part of it. And if you happened to not do that, you were, whoo, bad dude, you know. And so Jesus said, well, why do, your, why do you transgress the commandment of God? You're worried about a tradition of men, but you're not worried about a commandment or commandments of God. Here comes a young man to Jesus Christ, and he says, what must I do to be saved? Good question. Good question. How do I get from where I'm at to where you're at and where I need to go? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And that's where he named some of them. He said, don't murder. Don't murder. You tell that to all the guys running around with guns. Don't murder. Everybody said amen? amen. Don't murder. And don't steal, he said. Jesus said that. He said, don't steal. And he went on to name a few things. And the young man said, all these have I kept. Sat on the pew, all these have I kept. From my youth up, the church taught me right. I didn't do those things. Well, what are you doing now? So Jesus tells him, and the Bible said Jesus was moved towards him. That Jesus loved him. Jesus didn't hate him. Jesus wasn't against him. You know, it's just the devil that wants you to think that. But Jesus didn't want him to keep going in the direction he was going either. And so he told him, he said, you, uh, you need to sell out of the things that you're doing. You see, Jesus put his finger right on what had, was now meaning the most to this individual. Where his heart was at things he was chasing after, the things that were affecting him, you know. And, uh, you know, it's funny the things that affect people. It's funny the things that affect us, as a young person especially, you know. I mean, when you've got your pants down around your knees and you've got to walk like this, 
I hope you don't get in a fight and have to run away. I realize it's a passing style, and oh, I hope it passes. And I, I, I want it to pass because I want our young men to grow up and be solid young men. I want them to have direction. I want them to have purpose. I want them to know where they need to be going. I want them to get there. I don't want them to be caught in some childish, immature phase. You know, it's like the little boy walking with his mother, and he, he said, Mom, you know how you talked about this phase? She said, yeah. He said, well, can I stay in this one? I like it. Well, we've got to grow. We've got to grow. And God help, whether young men or young women, to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not to revert back to teenage activity and thoughts and styles and ways of living, acting like I missed something. I was in the church and I didn't get to do that. Oh, brother, what you didn't get to do was lose your life. What you didn't get to do was get diseased. What you didn't get to do was to get shot dead on the street somewhere. What you didn't get to do was all of the many horrible things that the lion is calculating to take place in your life if you allow him to. But you've got a place in the church. You've got a place in the body of Christ. Not just the church house, but a place in the body of Christ. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. A, if you please, a reserved life parking place. And it's yours. It's got your name on it. Everything about it is customized to you and for you. And if you don't fill that place, if you don't, some people call it a niche, some people call it a niche, maybe that's French, whatever, but it's that, that place where you fit, where nobody else fits. And God has a customized place. He's got a calling for you. It's where He wants you to be. You hear me? He doesn't want you to be acting silly. He doesn't want you reverting back because something was not deadened in you as far as some kind of uh, regret. I have no regrets in 43 years except that I didn't do better. That's all. Only, re only regret uh, is about me. Not about him. Not about the church. Amen. The devil just like to keep you standing over. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done that. I may do that. You know, and you spend your whole life. Spend your whole life. He'd like to have a spirit to just hang you up on regret. You know. And then you, you feel like you get to a certain place. Like, nah, I can do what I want. And what, what you're going to do is you're just reverting back to the flesh. And you're going to find yourself in sin so deep that you're not going to be able to see up for seeing down. You better tell yourself and tell yourself how good you got it. That you have the church, the body of Christ. You have the knowledge of the holy. You are part of the oracle of God. You have the promises and the covenants. You've got every good thing that is afforded to you. You need to know. You have the access to the true riches. It, if you were to gain the whole world and lose your soul, what have you gained? Hear me. People go out. I just did a funeral for an 85-year-old man lacking three months. Let me tell you, what in the world did he go out to? And that's the horror of it. That's the horror of it. To know what we know. And that somebody has gone out into a blackness and a darkness. 
and a, and a, and a lost uh, state of being. It's terrible to know that. How much better it is to be able to have a funeral, you know, whether you're young or whether you're old, how much better it is to have a funeral and to know that it truly is a celebration, that it, usually is, that it truly is a graduation, that a person really has gone on further with the Lord. Amen. That's a, that's a good feeling. That's a happy feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. Let me tell you, especially as a shepherd, to know that you were able to bring that person home to Jesus. You were able to do that. You had a part in that. Everybody said, praise the Lord. So, he's in the hog pen. His thoughts are, what am I going to do now? I've made a mess. Everything Dad told me was right. Why didn't I listen? And I'm embarrassed now, and I'm ashamed now. I feel so stupid, you know. And, and you should feel all of those things, but you've got to use those things to get up out of the hog pen. And what you've got to do is what the Bible says. How am I going to make my way back? You repent. That's how. You repent. Revelation, last book in the Bible, repent. Repent and overcome. Repent and overcome. You go back to the source. You know, in math, if you get the answer and it's wrong, you should go back and redo the problem and, and start it fresh. Because if you do the same problem, keep going over the same problem, you'll probably just overlook what you did wrong. And you can't see it. And that's why sometimes we need a fresh set of eyes. That's why the teacher has to come over and look at it and go right there. You know, right there. Okay? Because you added and you didn't carry. Or you borrowed and you didn't, you know, and, and you didn't show the borrowing when you subtracted or something. You know, you, did, you didn't carry when you multiplied. Whatever. You know, they, somebody, a fresh set of eyes, will oftentimes see the problem. And, if, and, if, and I'm saying to you that you sometimes have to, uh, reboot this thing. You've got to start over with this thing. And you get an opportunity here when the Lord is telling you that there is a way back. There is a way back. The place you went out is the place you come back in at. You hear me? You come right, it's Hebrews chapter 6, you come right back in that place that you went out at. And you begin to come back to him. And that's what this individual did. And he, he confessed it. He screamed it out. He hollered out, Lord, I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. I'm not trying to smooze you, God. I'm not trying to uh, uh, justify it or rationalize it or somehow get myself okay with it. No, you, all, you need the only thing that can do it, and that's the precious blood of the Lamb. That's the only thing that can get your forgiveness for you. That's the only thing that can give you the remission, whether you're first coming to God or whether you've been to God and left God. It comes back to the same thing. You've got to repent and you've got to overcome. You've got to be absolutely washed in the blood. Initially, we get baptized in Jesus' name to get washed in the blood. From there on, friends, we confess our sins and He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. You hear me? Amen. That's 1 John 1 and 9. God has made a way for us to get from wherever we're at to where He's at. He's made a way. He's made a way. If a little woman with her head down where her feet are, because she's got a severe case of uh, scoliosis, I suppose, some kind of arthritis in her spine. And Jesus called her to him. And what kind of effort did that take? Here's a young man. All he's told to do is just give up what you've been doing. Give up where your heart has been so active in. All the things you've been involving yourself with and ignoring what I've got for you. You've gotten off the path here. You were taught right. Kept it all from my youth up, he said. And yet something had slipped away. 
And he was all involved in keeping to himself as many little trinkets and things in life as everything was catching his eye. And I got to have this and I want that. And let me get this and let me uh, get the other until Jesus said, you go and get rid of all that junk. Have a yard sale. Get rid of that junk. And let's go. Let's go for God. And so to get that direction back in your life, and Jesus is trying to say, you can do this, and come on, and I will help you do this, and we can get on the right path and go in the right direction. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. You say, well, the load is too big. The, 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 what i got to make my way through is too hard. There's too many people looking at me. And they're going to know and they're going to make fun and they're going to this and they're going to that. But I like what was said right here. When the disciples said, uh, when Jesus told them, said, people, what he's saying is people who are rich in this world. It doesn't automatically have to be a, tons of money in a bank account. It can just mean that you're, you're all caught up in something. You're rich or you're full of something. Whatever else it might be other than the things built around God, the things that are carnal in this world. And, and they said, well, then who can be saved? Who then can be saved? <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus looked at them when they said that. And he said, with men, he said, this is impossible. So there you got it. You're not going to do it on your own. You're not going to be able to figure it out. Not going to happen. He said, but with God, he said, all things are possible. You keep telling yourself that. With God, all things are possible. You can pull me out, Lord. You can pull me back. You know, the Bible said when that young man came out of that hog pen and, and screamed and said, I've sinned against God, against heaven. I, I've done it wrong. And uh, he began to make his way back. He said, he, he made up his mind. He said, I'm going back. He said, I'm going back. By the grace of God, I'm going back. I'm going back. My father's servants have more than enough and to spare. And here I am sitting in, a, in the mud eating what hogs eat. And my father's servants, the least among us, have more than enough and to spare. I'm going home. What, what, what did I, what I left and what I wasted? My goodness. And so he began to make his way back. And you know, it became, with every step going forward, it became easier. Because the Bible teaches that the father lifted up his eyes and saw him a great way off. And he began to run. He began to run. The church, the church is not vindictive. The church is not saying, I told you so. We're not going to state the obvious. There's no need for that. It's supposed to be a rule of etiquette, never state the obvious. I told him at the funeral the other day because of the wonderful GPS. First thing I said in the pulpit is, I said, well, they say never state the obvious, but I'm going to. I'm late. <laughs> I'm late. <laughs> well, it seemed to break the ice. They got a little chuckle out of that. And so I'm saying we don't, we don't have to state the obvious. We're not here to condemn. That's not what we're here for. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He stopped a woman one day. Well, he didn't have anything to do with the woman one day. That woman came and she cried after him and asking him, asking him, trying to get his attention. He just kept on walking. And finally the disciples came to him and said, Master, this woman is calling after you. She's crying after you. And Jesus said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she's not one of them. But that did not stop that woman. That did not stop that woman. And you know that Jesus Christ knew the beginning to the end. 
you have to understand that there was a point to be made. And the Bible said that that woman came, much like Bartimaeus, she just cried the louder. And she just kept telling about, I've got a child at home that is full of the devil, vexed of the devil, and I'm coming to you. I got nowhere else to go. I'm coming to you. And he looked at her, and he, I guess he kind of talked to her much like he did his own mother. He said, woman, what have I to do with thee? <laughs> well, you saw how that ended, right? You know how that ended up, right? Mary just looked right at the disciples and said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. That was all settled as far as Mary was concerned. I asked him, he's going to be taken care of. That's it. And, of course, it was. It was. And that was the first public miracle that Jesus did in his ministry, in his earthly ministry. Well, this woman, this woman listened to Jesus Christ call her a dog. And he said, it's not meat for me. It's not proper for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. She didn't come there to bring self-righteousness. She did not come there for anything other than to get this prayer answered. I am single-minded. I am focused. I'm, I'm on you, Jesus, like white on rice. And I'm not backing up. And she said, truth, Lord. Truth, Lord. She just, her faith just deflected any insults. Just deflected. And she said, but even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from the children's table. Oh, boy. I imagine right then he was reminded of his mother's eyes when he said, woman, what have I to do with thee? Brother, he was looking in his mama's eyes, and he was like, Okay, we're going to take care of this, Mom. Well, he saw something in that woman, friend. And he said, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, just as you've asked. And she got home. Devil was gone. Devil was gone out of that child. Oh, friend, with God, all things are possible. You don't need to think you're such a bad case. The Apostle Paul became the Apostle Paul and he said that he was the chiefest of sinners. You know, you can, you've heard of overcorrecting. You can be going down my wife's favorite road, which is 880 at Tulane, going to the Green Bridge. That you pass nine mile bend on the way to twenty mile bend, and uh, you can start heading to the canal towards the right, which would be the south, and it's usually rutted a little bit because of rain, and uh, your tire runs off into that rut, and you realize, and you wake up, and you rah, jerk the wheel the other way. Now you're heading to the canal. On the other side, that's what we call overcorrecting. Well, you can overcorrect. From I'm a sinner, I've done wrong. I've disobeyed you, Lord. And you can overcorrect to the point to where Satan will sit on your shoulder and tell you you're lost and you've done it so bad you'll never, never get back. 
I'm telling you how to get back this morning. I'm telling you how to get from where you're at to where God is at. It's not hard. If you, if you have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, then you repent of your sins and we will baptize you in Jesus' name. That's how you start making that step back to God, to God. And I say back because remember, remember it is our sins that have separated us from God. And that's why Jesus came. He came to reconcile us. And now he gave to the church the ministry and the word of reconciliation to reconnect us. So no matter how you look at it, we're trying to get to God because we're not with him. But as we do get to him by repenting, by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the free gift of the Holy Ghost, that puts us into the body of Christ, which is the church. And God can do that for you because with God all things are possible. And when you leave the church, God forbid, and you slough off and you slack off and you suddenly feel like you can get by and you don't have to pray, you don't have to read the Bible, you don't have to push back the plate from time to time, and you don't have to come to outreach, and you don't have to be to services, and you don't have to be punctual and faithful, and uh, you don't have to witness to people and tell others. Uh, and then pretty soon you find yourself in the hog pen. You find yourself further out there than you thought you'd ever go. And uh, you're beginning to lose control, not only of yourself, but of those that you love around you. And then I'm telling you, you start by repenting. I have sinned. I have sinned. I have absolutely, I made wrong decisions. I made wrong choices. And then you realize that you can confess that to God, and he's faithful and just. And you'll, you get that touch, you get that tug, you get that pull, and you respond to that. He's reaching out for you. And... You come back to the Father. And, and you know what? Nobody's condemning. Nobody's putting you down. Nobody's making fun. Everybody's going to be rejoicing and glad that you're where you need to be doing what you need to be doing. That's how your reception will be. Everybody said hallelujah. You know, in this world, when they have a wedding, they have a reception. Very oftentimes, we'll do a wedding or we'll attend a wedding. And we won't attend the reception because the reception is nothing but an excuse to, to boogie, to have a party, to drink, the world, people out there. Now, church, we don't do that, okay? But I am saying to you that when we, somebody comes back to God, we do have a reception. It's called a church service. And we rejoice. And we, we, we might dance and we might shout. And there's no telling what wonderful, glorious blessing will flow from heaven. Amen. And it's a good reception. It's a happy time. Nobody's condemning. Nobody's pointing the finger. Nobody's putting anybody down. Nobody's saying, I told you so. There's none of that stuff. None of that stuff at all. It's a time of great rejoicing. You'll always be, I trust, here at the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ. You'll always be welcome. You'll always receive uh, a welcome, shall we say, a welcoming committee that we want you to be in God's house. There are some people that uh, I will tell you have shown themselves in a certain way that uh, they would be directed to another house of, of worship where truth is preached. That is true. But by and large, by and large, most people would be welcomed right back here in a true repentance the change of heart, and the Father and all 
would rejoice? Would there be, would there be a, another son who would be a little bitter? No doubt. And uh, hopefully we could whip that other son into shape and get him with the right spirit and the right attitude. I don't want to be so desirous of and craving attention that I will actually do wrong to get somebody's attention. I don't want to do that. You know, when you're doing right, God's very much aware of you doing right. Every prayer you pray, every time you lift your hands, every service you come to, every time you read your Bible, every time you invite somebody to church. God doesn't just see you when you do it wrong. He doesn't just see you when you trip or stumble or make a mistake. He sees you when you do it right. And He's encouraging you to do it right again. And let's see if we can string together some successes here and put some right with right with right with right with right. And um, we have a very simple formula for that. And we teach the children here. So they know, you know, the Ninevites, you know the Ninevites did not know, they were so ignorant, the poor people of Nineveh, that they didn't know their right hand from their left. So we teach them here, their right hand, senior pastor is right. You may stand now. <laughs> we will help you. We will help you. Do it right. Let us help you do it right. Let us help you string those successes together. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be full of the Holy Ghost and excited about the things of Almighty God. And we want to help you in your struggles. We want to help you in these times when you're struggling and having difficulties. Hear me when I tell you we are for you. We are not against you. But that doesn't mean that we're going to go opposite the Word of God. Because remember, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is profitable in correction of righteousness, in reproof and rebuke. It is there for those things. So you remember that it's there to help you always. Let's give our God a big hand. Amen. Some people think they have to make a, a big splash, you know, that it requires busting in the doors and racing 90 mile an hour down the aisle here and hitting the, the altar. I won't say that that hasn't ever happened, but I will tell you that a person that will just start putting one right thing in front of another and start doing it right, that God honors that. There's not much that we can tell somebody who, like the son, left. Not much we can tell them because they've already been taught so many good things. So many good things. It's just a matter of start doing it or start doing it again. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Get, around, get away from the wrong crowd. Get around the right crowd. And don't get around the right crowd to talk junk. Get around the right crowd to hear the right things.
and to talk the right things. Let's build good spiritual experiences. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and we're going to sing and worship the Lord. I praise you, Holy Father. And I love you, Jesus. And I need you. We all need you. Oh, yeah. Through you, I can do anything. That's right. I can do all things. Yeah. Nothing is impossible. Come on, go get out of this. Go get out of it through the Holy Ghost. Through the Holy Ghost. 